Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Zach, welcome to October. It's hard to believe we're in Q4 of 2022. Already here. Yeah, so I guess Halloween's coming up in a few weeks. Do you, do you guys do anything? Just you no, know, we do. We, uh, you know, one it was um, one year we when we lived in New Hampshire, our neighbor, um, we didn't, we had like a little kid at the time. Now we have we have four, as our listeners know. But our neighbor, um, she would do it, and she would have these big parties, and she would use it as just an opportunity to invite neighbors in her home and to care for them and people from different areas of life. And we're like, you know, we really like that. So we we built a uh, kind of a culture of. Yeah, just enjoying Halloween, enjoying the fun of it. The kids love it and inviting people just to do it with us and hang out and, and eat eat food together. Yeah. So yeah, we, we do. I mean, yeah, this this last quarter of the year is always fun just because the holidays, it just brings people together. You know, each season has its own, you know, advantage, like summer with vacations. But it is nice that you're able to get with neighbors, get with family for Halloween, Thanksgiving, and even Christmas at the end of the year. So that's exciting. Do you do you like to steal some of the kids' candy? I mean that's all I do is steal the candy. Yeah. Take all the good candy. That's right. Before they even knew it. Hey, Dad, where's that, uh, where's that, you know, what do I like? I like Twix. Where's that Twix I got? I'm like, what are you talking about, buddy? Interesting. You didn't get a Twix. You like Twix. I do like Twix. I'm a big, uh, mm. what else do I like? I don't know, Ryan. What do I like? I like, um, I like Snickers. I think Snickers. Yeah, I like are the Snickers. Best. I do like Snickers, but it's like everybody likes Snickers. So I need to, uh, diversify. I like, hmm. I wasn't ready for the the what what kind of candy question do you like? That's but, right. But uh, Twix is definitely there. Um, I like yeah, I like the caramel chocolate combination. So we'll we'll, we'll stay with that. Yeah, and it's been a little colder, so the weather's been nicer. It's nice not to just be sweating all the time. Obviously, we're here in Augusta. A break so on hot. your uh, air conditioning bill. Yes, that's weird. It not running. It's just hard to get yeah. used to at times. You get you get used to that that humming noise and you're like where where's that noise and uh for you sports fans out there you know aaron judge hit the 62 uh home run of the season for him uh, last yeah. night which is the al record so those who like sports you know that's that's pretty cool that you know obviously hasn't happened before in, in the al um american league uh so that was pretty neat so you know zach it's uh we got a lot of interesting topics today. Um, by the way, um, you know my name is Ryan Borders. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. And I'm Zach Albanese, uh, financial advisor, and been doing this for a little over three years now. Yeah, we have some fun topics. You know, the first thing we're going to talk about today is you know the tax secrets of a health savings account. This is a topic we like to kind of visit um, periodically throughout our show, just talking through the advantages of health savings accounts, you know, they're just so much more than paying those medical expenses. There's good retirement benefits. There's good tax benefits. It's good to start talking about taxes as we're entering Q4, you know, the last stretch of the year. Um, and even as open enrollment is coming up for health insurance, you might yep. want to consider having a health uh, health insurance uh, that allows you to contribute to the HSA. Yeah. And that'll bleed nicely into the second topic we talk about, which is thinking about an end of year checklist. You know, as Ryan said, it is quarter four. So it's about time to think of what are some things that you need to do before the end of the year to position yourself well financially before the end of the, the year, which is also the end of the, <clears throat> the tax year. There are some things we can do. We're going to talk about those um, in just a little bit. So, Yeah, and so we're just excited to have everyone listening to us today on our weekly show. Um, we're exclusively, um, you know, we're up on our website every Friday afternoon, so you can find us um, 
you know, on our website through moneymd.net or on iTunes. Also look at like Spotify. We're up every Friday. Uh, listen to us anywhere in the world. Um, also check out our website, moneymd.net, where you can uh, link to us and ask your questions. You know, we do the question of the week every week. You can always submit it there and link to our previous shows. You know, we have a lot of content out there, a lot of different topics. Um, so it'd be really good to look through that if maybe you're traveling. Yeah, um, it's a great resource. Absolutely. And that's going to lead us up to our financial fact of the week. So get this, uh, Zach. You know, we're talking about jobs. We're talking a lot about the economy lately. So let's talk about job openings. So available positions totaled about $10 million for the month of August. Mm-hmm. That's actually a 10% drop from the $11 right. million reported in July. So this is according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. You know, that was also well below the $11 million that a group called FactSet estimated. Mm-hmm. So the number of hires... On top of that, has uh, has risen slightly, while total separations um, has jumped by about one hundred eighty-two thousand. So think of quitting or those who just left the workforce voluntarily. You know that rose by a hundred thousand um, for the month to about four point one million. So um, there's a lot of changes in the job market right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think um, you know it was part of that is uh, a good thing, at least for the overall economy, for what the Fed is trying to do to slow infl- inflation. But, you know, it's hard, too, if, if you're in one of these uh, sectors where you're losing jobs. So it's a, it's a, it's one of those uh, double-edged yeah, swords. Absolutely. Yeah, right. It's, uh, uh, it's important you know, to help with inflation. Obviously, the economy looks to be slowing. Um, you know, there's right. been a lot of the chatter. But, uh, yeah, so just thought that was an interesting financial fact. Yeah. So that's going to lead us up. To our first topic. And so we're going to talk about HSA. So this is the tax secrets of the health savings account. This is by Laura Saunders with the Wall Street Journal. So sure, you know, Zach, HSAs, and that's what we're going to use. We're going to use the term HSA, so health savings yeah. account. HSA. Ryan, I don't know if you ever, uh, when you're typing HSA, whether you're writing an email or something, is it does that ever autocorrect it to has? To every, you? every time. Every time, right. Yeah. I'm like, sometimes too, I'll, I'll type it like, two or three different times and it will autocorrect each of those times. And I'm like, listen, I'm just trying to write health savings account. I'm yes. not trying to write has in all capitals I've, like some maniac. I've written so, a lot of has emails. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. All right. Let's talk about quite daunting. So yeah, sure. You know, these can be used for medical expenses, but they can also be a great rainy day fund retirement accounts uh, that, you know, outstrip IRAs and 401ks and tax-free accounts for 20 something still on their parents' health insurance. So uh, you know, millions of Americans, Zach, will soon face the dawning task of choosing health insurance for 2023, which is always fun, as you and I do that every year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're one of them, it pays to be aware of the little-known benefits and some pitfalls of those you know, health savings account. Um, so let's talk about eligibility. You know, to be eligible for an HSA, a worker must also have a high-deductible health insurance plan. You know, many employees have deductibles, of about five thousand for a family and twenty five hundred for an individual. Yep. Although the law allows up to fifteen thousand for a family and seventy five hundred for an individual for twenty twenty three, and so this insurance also has out of pocket maximums. So to reduce the deductible sting, the insurance is paired with a tax favored savings account. Right. Uh, the HSA. Which, yeah. HSA. Um, either the plan participant or the employer, or both, can put pre-tax dollars into the account to pay for the cost of -of out-of-pocket health expenses. Yeah, and for 2023, the maximum HSA contribution is 
uh, $7,750 for a family and $3,850 for an individual. Um, Plus, if you're 55 or older, you get an additional $1,000 to that maximum contribution. So the HSA contribution doesn't have to equal the insurance deductible, which is is important. Um, You can contribute up to that amount. And unused HSA dollars typically can be invested and grow tax-free. So now for a stunning twist, though, this is very important, is HSA owners who don't withdraw from their accounts either because they have low health costs or they can afford to pay for current expenses out of pocket get tax breaks even better than the ones for IRAs and 401ks. There's no tax on HSA dollars going in, tax-free growth of account um, assets, and then there's also no tax on withdrawals that are used to pay for eligible health expenses. So HSA funds left in the account can compound for years. However, account owners who skip reimbursements as expenses are included, or sorry, as they are incurred, can be reimbursed for them years later as long as they keep the receipts. You, know, you can also take tax-free withdrawals for retirement health costs such as uh, Medicare premium. So it really functions kind of like, uh, like it pre, it, it's like a, IRA, a traditional IRA in the way that it's put in and grows and the Roth IRA in the way that you take it out. So Correct, just yeah. Very, yeah, very interesting as long as it's for health expenses, um, but uh, such a great tool to use uh, if you if you have the availability for it. Yeah, and I really like that part about keeping the receipts. So I, yep. I scan all my health receipts. Yeah, scan them in every year. I keep a spreadsheet um, for that advantage. You know, I tell clients about that a lot. Um, you know, or HSAs can be a supplemental retirement account. That's another thing to think about. You know, at age sixty-five, uh, which is Medicare age, the owner can take withdrawals for non-medical expenses and pay income tax on them as they would with a traditional IRA. So, Zach, you know, for workers choosing health coverage, the bad news is that evaluating high deductible coverage with the HSA can be just kind of a daunting task unless minimal health costs are expected. So, otherwise, there are lots of variables uh, to consider that can shift from year to year. So, does the employer subsidize either the insurance or the HSA contribution? What about drug prices? Um, Are treatments for chronic conditions subject to deductibles? Um, In 2019, an IRS ruling stated that some treatments can be covered by insurance without a deductible. Um, That's a change that can make HSAs more attractive. Yeah, you know, the bottom line is that people are leaving money on the table if they don't choose an HSA. And so to help with decisions, here are some oft overlooked features of HSA. So an HSA really can be a great uh, rainy day fund. You know, HSA rules allow for tax-free reimbursements of eligible expenses if the account owner can prove them. So like you were talking earlier about receipts, saving your receipts, scanning your receipts into uh, your computer or putting them in a folder, whatever it might be. So if an HSA owner pays out-of-pocket charges himself and saves receipts, he can make withdrawals for reimbursements years or even decades later when he needs the cash, unlike you know a traditional IRA withdrawal. The payout, the payout for that is going to be tax-free. Yeah, so note that HSA dollars can reimburse a wider variety of costs uh, than insurance typically covers, uh, such as contact lens solution or a wig after chemotherapy. So for a list of eligible healthcare expenses, you want to see IRS Publication 502 because it's really interesting – what is covered with it? So it's it's just such a very flexible. Plan. Yeah, it's it's flexible, and it just it, if you can do it, it is another vehicle to get more money in to uh, a tax sheltered and a tax free growth um, 
plan. So yeah. And so the next is children of parents with HSAs can qualify for their own HSA. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually never thought of this, but this is a mind blower as well. You know, under current law, children such as recent graduates can fund their own HSA based on their parents' health coverage. So say Jane is age 23 and is employed but still has health insurance through her parents' high deductible plan with an HSA, which, you know, many children these days, you know, kids are staying on their parents' insurance until age 26. Right. Um, you know, if Jane isn't claimed as a dependent on her parents' income tax return, she can put up to 7750 yes, the family amount, into her yeah. own HSA. Wow. Um, even if her parents have funded their own. Um, Jane doesn't have to fund the HSA with her own earnings. Someone else could give her the money for it. So that's that's pretty neat. That is, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty crafty there. Yeah. Um, there's also a loophole, or not really a loophole, but it's an April 15th loophole. As long as an HSA is set up by year end, the participant has until the following tax due date, which is April 15th, or the date the return is filed, if earlier, to fund it. So those who want to pay out-of-pocket expenses with HSA funds can actually wait to finish or begin funding their account until they know their eligible medical expenses for the prior year. Another great thing is HSAs are portable. You know, as with IRAs, you can transfer them. HSAs, they're owned by the individual. They're not owned by a, a company. So um, if the fees offered by one sponsor are too high, you can always move your, your HSA. Yeah, and so a spouse age 55 and older um, can also catch a break. Um, so HSA owners who are 55 and older can put $1,000 extra a year right. into the HSA, um, very similar to the IRA rule. <clears throat> if one spouse carries the family coverage, the other, if 55 and older, can still get the $1,000 catch-up uh, contribution. But this spouse must put the money into his or her own HSA as accounts uh, are individually right. owned. Right, right. Yeah, another uh, good thing is HSA, HSA payouts are often better than itemized deductions. Uh, although a wide variety of medical expenses count as itemized deductions uh, on Schedule A of your tax return, many filers no longer itemize because of the standard deduction, and people who do itemize can only deduct medical expenses exceeding 7.5% of their adjusted gross income. So that means if you make, let's say, $100,000 a year, only medical expenses above $7,500 that year can be deducted. And so an HSA is a great tool uh, to use um, if you're someone who doesn't itemize and you claim the standard deduction, you can get that that sort of benefit. Yeah, HSAs bypass both issues by allowing participants to make pre-tax contributions. Um, and finally, HSAs can't be inherited. Unlike traditional Roth IRAs, HSAs can't be inherited and used for medical expenses um, except by a spouse. Um, otherwise, the assets become taxable at death. So that's really mm -hmm. interesting. However... Yeah. The HSA owner's ex, uh, executor can use the funds in the account within a year to pay unpaid medical bills at death and claim prior expenses that were paid out of pocket if there's proof yeah. of them. So just keeping that that record. So HSAs are a really good tool. Um, you know, it depends on your family situation. Sarah and I do have a high deductible plan, and we, we utilize HSA and some of the advantages of that. Yep. Um, I guess you guys, I know you all don't. But. Yeah, no, uh, we, we don't right now. Um just having little kids and stuff, yeah. but but we did before we, we had kids. It's a it's a great tool. I mean, if you if you have the opportunity to get it, uh, get up get that plan, use it, save your money, put as much as you can into it. Um, it, you know if if your finances allow, and just 
let it sit there if you can, of course. There's so many benefits in retirement. So. Absolutely. Always, yep. as we're looking into uh, healthcare season, it's it's good to consider that. Yeah, so absolutely. One good thing to consider. Yeah, so let's, uh, what do we, we do the question of the week now. Are yeah. you ready for it? I'm ready for the question. Here's a question for you, Mr. Borders. Can I save in a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA? Do I get a drum roll? No, but we could. Well, maybe we we'll see if we can edit a drum maybe roll. A drum in there. roll? Yeah, no, I don't think they'll do that. Okay, we'll <laughs> but see. Yeah, the answer is yes. You can so do. you can do both. Um, sometimes I have a lot of people come in and ask that. They're both different accounts. So if your four hundred one k does have a Roth option, you can max that out with the twenty thousand five hundred a year. Um, mm-hmm. And you could also, if you're under the AGI limit, you can also fund your Roth IRA, which is six thousand dollars a year. Um, and both have catch-up contributions as well. But yes, you can max both of those out if you're eligible on the Roth side with the AGI limit. Yeah, and if you're over 50, you get the the bumps in both the 401k up to 27,000 and the IRA up to 7,000. Correct, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's, yeah, we get that question a lot. Um, but yeah, you can do both. And so that's a good question of the week to, to put that one to bed and to rest. Yeah, so and Another thing to always look at too is if you're wanting to save a lot, a lot of 401ks offer an after-tax option. And so yes. that's after we max it out. There's some 401ks allow you to put after-tax contributions in there. Um, and that's a great way to have like a super backdoor Roth IRA because you can, most plans allow you to take out um, that amount and move into your Roth and IRA. In, and right. the reason you want to do that is the after-tax growth in a 401k, the earnings is going to be taxable like your traditional amount. But if you go ahead and convert it every year to your Roth IRA, you're going to allow that to grow tax-free. Yep. That's right. Um, so there's a lot of ways to get that Roth money savings up. Um, so that's a great question. Yeah. So um, now on, uh, let's let's move on to our second topic here, which is end-of-year checklist. So kind of similar with what we've been talking about with HSAs, you know, the Time for open enrollment is coming up. End of the year is coming up. So I think it's good to look at what's end of your checklist to help us prepare. And so I got this uh, article from several sites, um, initially from Kiplinger, but you know it's kind of uh, an amalgamation here. So let's uh, let's read. Yeah, and uh, I, I, you know Zach, I'll stop you real quick. Is I really like this. It's always good to start preparing early. You know, just you're you know obviously you're looking at your year end financial checklist, but we're also looking at 2023 and just mm-hmm. um, you know going into October just really taking a snapshot of where we are for this year and then going in to finishing the year strong, but also going beginning next year. Yeah. Beginning of that's, next a, year. that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's, you know, the end of the third quarter, start of the fourth quarter, which is crazy by the way, that we're in the fourth Seriously. quarter of 2022 already, but you know, it marks, marks this pivotal time to just do kind of a pulse check of your financial and investment plans. You know, looking at your year ahead, looking at your financial checklist, it, it provides you kind of you, with the best of both worlds, you have time to review and assess the progress that you've made on goals while still having three remaining months before the end of the year to make notable adjustments if needed. So with this timeline in mind, you know, here are some critical considerations before year end to help ensure your financial plans remain on track. Yeah, so let's first talk about investment planning. You know, given 2022's market volatility, most of our advice for you is to sit tight, write out the major bumps that's likely to hit your investment portfolio. That's what we preach here all the time. Yeah. Um, it's a great time of the year to sit down and do, uh, you know, like a health check on your overall investment plans. Um, you know, is your portfolio still meeting short and long-term objectives? Uh, given market volatility, are there opportunities to consider to rebalance or further diversify? It's also important to look ahead at 2023 um, and determine if there are any known liquidity events that could impact your overall cash, cash positions. 
Even though selling in a down market is not something we'd advise, take a look at your portfolio and see what has done the best and maybe plan uh, to take what you need now if you're expecting something different in the next tax year. Yeah, you know, it's something we like to do for, for our clients. We're always trying to sell what's doing the best when our clients need income. We're very efficient with our income generation process and because we know how important it is. So, so you know, keep in touch with us if, you're, if you need income, even in a down market, we want to make sure it's done in the best way possible. But it's all, that's also why it's important to have a comfortable emergency fund available so that in rough waters like we've been going through, you know, cash needs are not an afterthought, but something that was well planned. So you have to ask what's comfortable for you. I know we typically recommend three to six months of emergency fund, but but maybe for your situation, maybe having more is, is comfortable for you. Uh, maybe you have variable income. You have a job that, that you get paid a lot one month and maybe not the next. So maybe having 12 months saved up for your, your necessary expenses gives you the kind of comfort level you need. So just figure out what's, what's necessary for you. Um, and I think that will help um, you out as you plan for next year. The next thing is retirement planning. You know, we often tell clients to try and save 12 to 15% of their salary via retirement savings vehicles. With a few months left in the year, it would be wise to evaluate where your 401k contributions stand and if you can or should increase deferrals. For IRAs, investors can, can contribute all the way up to April 15th of next year. And given market volatility, these investors um, who, who, uh, who do contribute to next year could consider contrib- contributions now to take advantage of current lower prices versus market prices seen over the previous eight to nine months. So regardless, it's important to see where these vehicles stand and if any contribution increases can reasonably be made to ultimately bolster your long-term retirement objectives. Yeah, and so depending on your tax bracket, it might also be worthwhile for some investors who have a traditional IRA to convert to a Roth IRA. The benefits of converting to a Roth allows investors to withdraw funds tax-free in retirement, and Roth IRAs do not require the RMDs like traditional IRAs uh, do, um, which is that age 72 now. Additionally, a Roth IRA allows investors to leave an income tax-free inheritance to their heirs. Especially if you have room in the 12% bracket, doing Roth conversions means paying 12% tax on IRA funds uh, to convert them into Roth. Not only is that a very low tax bracket um, because the market is down, you're getting more real dollars into your Roth. So that could be a good strategy for you as well, which I've done with some clients yeah, this year. Yeah, exactly. And, and if you are somebody who prefers to convert you know, a major deciding factor is considering whether to take that tax liability in 2022 you know, or in 2023, or even planning ahead what maybe down the road, maybe you're nearing retirement, and you want to plan for that in the future. So the dollars converted from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA will be taxed as ordinary income. So if you convert, let's say $20,000 of a $100,000 traditional IRA, that $20,000 is taxed in the year that you convert. And the decision when to convert should be based on which year has the most advantageous tax bracket for you. So if you plan to retire in 2023, it's likely going to be more strategic to do a conversion in that year because you'll have less uh, income and therefore you'll be able to convert more. But, you know, everyone's situation is different. Yeah. Um, so it's important to sit down with your advisor and, and talk through it. But it really does take some good strategizing and planning um, when thinking about Roth conversions. But it's a it's an extremely helpful tool, and we we love doing it for for our clients all the time. So um, the next thing in planning is charitable giving. Uh, so when 
you know, even when you have the best intentions, you want to be generous with your money. One of the biggest mistakes that, you know, we see is waiting until December to execute charitable donations. So starting in the fall, now that we're in the fourth quarter, it's good to think about how charitable donations might kind of holistically fit into a broader plan of yours. It should not be a one-off decision or thought of just cutting a check. Rather, charitable giving should fit cohesively into meeting your um you know, your long-term goals. Yeah. So for example, think about the best way to maximize the tax benefits of gifting this year, uh, given the market volatility. Perhaps it makes more sense to give securities as a way to prune portfolio holdings into and donate the assets from that stock. Another strategy for investors who are at least 70 and a half is to use qualified charitable distributions. Yeah. QCD. QCD is what we call that. A QCD allows these investors to make, to take up to a hundred thousand out of a traditional IRA to donate directly to a qualified charity. Um, this charitable donation can also offset your RMD. So if you don't need the RMD, it's a great way to offset that. Um, if that's your desire, the benefit of the QCD is twofold: allowing investors to meet RMD requirements and avoid taxes on otherwise taxable distributions, while also fulfilling charitable giving objectives. Uh, these decisions should not be made with only a few days left in the year. Oh, that's important. Um, yep. And certainly not in a silo when they can otherwise positively impact larger long-term financial goals. Yeah. So with a few months left before the end of the year, now is just a really good time to sit down, look ahead toward what you hope to achieve with your financial investment, retirement go goals. You know, this strategic checkpoint provides the chance to perform a health check on plans uh, to date, while also allowing plenty of time to pivot, uh, because you know sometimes executing these things does take time, and so if you you try and cram it into the last couple of weeks of the year, there's a good chance you actually won't get it in. So, three months is is a good amount of time to ensure you stay on path toward your goals. Rushing when making these kind of meta planning moves can leave you in a position to potentially miscalculate or make a, other minute errors that actually have tax consequences for you down the road. So, plan with plenty of time. That's why we're doing this now, beginning of quarter four, and uh, I think it's a, a great, a great like um, kind of mental checkpoint in your calendar every year. Quarter four starts. Let's let's go through this this list again. So anyway, yeah, that was a good good one from Kiplinger's and just some other uh, yeah. Sources. As you know me, I love checklists. I love planning, and even just you know this is more on the you know financial planning side, which is what we do for you know our jobs, right? But it's it's just it's it's good to always even you know I do personal planning every year. And, and come sure. Q4, one of the things I start doing is just writing out maybe things I want to work on in 2023, you know, if it's health, if it's family, um, spiritual goals, things like that. And then, you know, come November, December, I start, you know, actually putting those goals into place. And I'm big on the smart goal style, oh, making yeah. sure they're measurable and all that and have a time frame. Um, so just, you know, I think it, if you have the time, it's always good to just have things like checklists, have goals in place, and then to revisit those, you know, maybe quarterly, maybe every half year, um, just to kind of, because um, as we get older, time just moves quick and, yep. and and we can be easy to forget things. So yeah, I love- yeah, Forget I love, what you what you care about. Yeah, that's, so that's good. Great topic. Great topic. Yeah. And so that's going to lead us up to our prescription of the week. Um, so going back to tax planning. Planning. It's yeah, all about planning. It's all about planning. Um, so, you know, want to think about your year-end tax planning now to minimize your tax burden for next April. 
So this is this is important, you know, to ensure that you have you want to make sure you've withheld enough for 2022. We see that from time to time mm-hmm. where people don't withhold enough. So you want to go in there and calculate that. Uh, you can fund your IRA if you haven't done so, or your 401k to help reduce that tax burden. We just talked about HSA accounts. You know, funding that will help relieve your tax burden. Also, 529 plans um, that'll help with your state tax. Um, mm-hmm. You can deduct that as well. Another thing to consider is, you know, realize losses in your account. That's another way to help with the tax burden. And uh, just making sure, hey, if, if you're not withholding enough, you can go in and calculate that. You want to increase those withholding. You're withholding for the last quarter of the year just to make sure you're not hit with that surprise tax bill. So yep. really important to make sure you uh, look over that before, you know, we hit December and end of the year. That's right. Yeah, and so, you know, this has been this week's edition of MoneyMD. You know, tune in next week on MoneyMD.net or, as we said before, you know, uh, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, for more prescriptions for your financial health, uh, check out our website, MoneyMD.net, and send us your questions or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Uh, thanks for listening, and just have a great rest of the week. Yeah, have a good weekend. sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.